everybody. Welcome to a new episode of DFV. I am Black Cinephile. I am AKA Brad. There is AKA Brad right there, man. And this is something. Oh, man. We, we finally got here, dude. We've waited 12 years for this moment, man. We've waited 12 years to get together and talk about this movie. It feels so good, bro. Dude. Ladies I, I and gentlemen. Was... <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I, I was kind of expecting uh, as soon as like the lights turned down for the th- screen to just go, movie is still in production. Please come back at a later date. <laughs> oh, man. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. But, folks, we are finally here. Uh, the moment we've all been waiting for, Kevin Costner, Waterworld. Yes. I mean, we, we, we've just been gearing up to talk about this movie, dude. It, it, it's, it's one of... It still surprises me that this is the first time that you've seen it too. It listen, it's always been on my radar, man. You know, it it's been a uh, it's it's been one of those commercial failures that I just always wanted to see. I heard like the because it, it's one of those movies that did bad at the movies, but like got a lot of like attention, a lot of like um, notoriety through home video sales. Mm-hmm. But hold on, before we go on, oh yeah, James Cameron released a new movie too. Uh, Avatar: The Way of Water. That's we're also going to be talking about that movie. Yeah, but that's not important. Uh, the that's important the thing main... is, yeah, we finally got Anthony to watch Waterworld, which is something that I have been trying to do since I found out that he has not seen Waterworld. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's a movie that's been on my radar for years. I mean, I've been waiting about twelve years for Avatar two. You know, I've been waiting for that too. But Waterworld is something that. Uh, since birth, I've been trying to watch. You understand? <laughs> I can understand. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I think the best way is for us to jump right into the main attraction here and start talking about Waterworld. It just makes sense, dude. I mean, that's just that's just the main thing we've been waiting to talk about. Way of the water. We got things to say. We got right. things to say. But let's just let's get WW out the way first. Yeah. Let's get the main course out of the way and then we can get to dessert. <laughs> Right, right. All right, I'll um, you know what? I'll take this over. Okay, I'll take this over. All right, so we got Waterworld here, nineteen ninety five. It's a good year. Um, Kevin Reynolds is the director. Uh, Kevin Costner is the main star. So basically, with this film, you have a uh, uh, I guess you want to say a post apocalyptic uh, wasteland where um, the polar ice cap has been completely melted, and um, there's like almost no land, um. Uh, on th- there's almost no land. Everything is just water. Um, everyone travels above water. Everyone has civilizations on top of water. Like it's it's <laughs> it's literally water world. Yeah. And uh, it's the exact opposite of Mad Max. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. And uh, in the, in the middle, you have a man. Uh, I don't know if he's a great man. I don't even know if he's a bad man. He's a uh, well, heck, he's just a man. <laughs> I'm sounding like Sam Elliott in the Big Lebowski. Like, well, heck, he's just a man. <laughs> he's on a ship in the middle of the ocean, uh, pissing into a canteen, pouring it into a machine that turns the piss through some kind into of into drinkable water. <laughs> right, science, and then he spits the water out. So that kind of gives you a kind of like hard nosed kind of rough housing man this is uh and he's played by kevin costner so he's eye candy for the ladies as well uh anyway he's uh he's traveling about and he's um you know he's dealing with 
pirates. He's dealing with um, people that are called, I think they're called seekers, smokers. Uh, smokers. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, the smokers yes. are the main bad guys. They're kind of like the mafia of this world where they basically control the oceans. They have legions of members and they're the force to be feared. Yes, yes. So basically, he has to deal with all these threats. He has smokers, he has pirates and all types of stuff. He comes towards a civilization to, uh, you know, trade dirt, a rare commodity for other supplies. This is where he comes across a uh, a woman uh, named Helen. And he comes across a young girl named Enola. Now, Enola is a girl that's, um, you know, uh, she, 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 she's, she's, she's hidden because she has a secret to... Uh, she has a secret to the world tattooed on her back. It's 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 kind of a map of sorts, and um, I believe that was did the map have to do with like finding dry land or like what what did the map have to do? It, with? The map was a urban myth of where they could find the last remaining dry land because in this world the idea of dry land is always seen as like this urban legend. Nobody's seen it anymore. But then people come about with like dirt, like the Mariner does, where everybody goes, but how'd you get it? Where did it come from? Because it had to come from somewhere, which means that there's land somewhere, but nobody knows where this land is. And Enola has a map tattooed on her back that supposedly leads to this urban myth kind of once upon a time land that people can find, except nobody knows how to read the map. (laughs) Yes. So one thing leads to another. And, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Costner's uh, unnamed hero. The, we're going to call him the the, the mariner. Uh, he gets uh, the caged up. The mariner. Uh, he gets uh, caged up, you know, because um, uh, sake of plot. We'll just call it that. We'll dig deep into it later. <laughs> uh, the, the, place, the place gets raided by uh, a group of seekers led by the deacon. My main man, Dennis Hopper, in the building. Um, and uh, so an escape plan is led by Helen, played by Gene Triplehorn, uh, who grabs Enola and grabs uh, the Mariner. And uh, they leave on the Mariner's uh, Mariner. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and therein begins the plot of Waterworld. As it becomes a cat and mouse chase of the Deacon's people trying to find Enola, understand what the map on her back means. And uh, basically, everyone's just trying to find dry land. And we're trying to learn more about the history behind the Mariner, why he has literal gills and he can mm-hmm. breathe underwater. Uh, so in a nutshell, that's Waterworld, man. Dude, I got to say for a first time watch, this looks good for a 1995 movie. It does. I remember this movie very fondly. And I forgot how well some of the effects and kind of ideas were done because it's a future post-apocalyptic kind of world. So there's a lot of weird little gadgets and everything. And I still love his boat at like the beginning of the movie where we see him kind of cranking the boat and bringing the sail up like almost immediately to chase down the what was it? The package that had drifted up to the top of the water to get Mm -hmm. it before some of the smokers can that are going after it. And then he immediately takes out another boat for another drifter. That's kind of out there that stole his limes from his boat when he was underwater. I I made a mistake. It's called a tri It's it's called, it's called a Chimarin. It's not, it's 
he is the mariner, but he they're dry, they're they're sailing his trimaran. Yeah, I couldn't remember what he calls his boat, but yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, dude. Like, um, yeah, looks looks pretty good for for its time. Um, I can kind of see how this was a fail, though. Like, I I I could see how it became a fail, but I could also see how it it, it probably would have been a coin toss whether this would have been successful or not, because mm-hmm. it looks like Mad Max on water, and maybe some people weren't really interested in that. Because it's like Mad Max on water. Who wants to see that? Yeah, it is a very interesting concept. And it's one that gets kind of thrown around as like a joke when people are talking about post-apocalyptic kind of things is, oh, no, everything's covered in water, you know, and it's done very well, though, for a movie that like is seen as a joke to most people. It is very well built up for this universe where you have these people that are living off of the water and it's all salt water, so they can't drink it. So you have them basically living off the commodities of finding fresh water or finding a way to turn the salt water into fresh water through little gadgets and machines where any kind of water source is incredibly rare in a world that's filled with water. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, dude, I gotta say, man, I really miss Dennis Hopper, bro. He is so great in this movie, dude. I love him as the deacon. Oh, yeah. I love I love when he shows up. Well, not not actually when he shows up, but after the fight goes down, whatever, he comes up to the he, there's two guys. One guy hung up right here, another guy hung up right here. He goes, uh, first guy uh to tell me what happens uh lives. Uh, or no, first person to tell me where the girl is lives. Right. So they they both start talking at the same time, one before the other. He shoots the one guy. Then he asks the one guy, it's like, where's the girl? Where's the girl? He he the guy tells him more information. Then he goes, All right. He points the gun at him. He says, Wait, wait, wait. You you said I would live. He says, I didn't say that. Did I say that? He turns <laughs> to his boys. He goes, Okay, you, I'm, you may be right. You may be right. So then he just gives the gun to his guy. His guy shoots him. <laughs> I, I love how he has like that kind of professionalism about him where he's like, I did say that I will let you live, but th- they'll decide, I guess. Right, right. I like um, I, I like I like his method of deference, like uh, when his when his eye gets popped out and they, they oh, put God. the prosthetic eye in, in, in his thing. He says, uh, he says, how do I look? Oh, you look good, boss. You, you look really good. He asks his daughter. How do I look, hon? You look like crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always trust your children. They'll never lie to you. Right. Kids aren't <laughs> capable of lying. <laughs> yeah, man. I just think he was a terrific villain. And um, I think Dennis Hopper brings a great kind of energy to the role where it's like it's a it's a villain that you love to hate. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I feel like if anyone else played that role, I don't know if they could have played it with that with as much uh, pizzazz as Hopper. Yeah, with that level of like class that he had behind like the veil of evil intentions, because he does come off as a very bad person, but he has this class about him that makes you go, okay, I want to see more of him. I I don't want him to go away just yet. I love how much of a screw up that whole initial takedown was of that village. I mean, of of that community because Uh, the atoll, the the atoll. Because at first it it was going good for the bad side. You know, they were mm-hmm. taking everything down. And the one guy just got carried away. He's like shooting everything. And they go, 
What, what's that guy's name? Somebody yell his name. Chuck. Chuck. No, say Charles. Hey, Charles. <laughs> Charles is just like, he's just shooting everybody. And then the deacon's like, it was nice knowing y'all. And he just jumps he off ju- the Yeah. Ship. Yeah, I like how when he like takes off the because he's wearing this mask and he's wearing like earplugs because he's shooting this four barrel machine gun that he's surrounded by and the smoke and everything is all over him. So he takes off this mask and you can see like the outline of the mask on his face and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, it just and it shows how desperate these people have been for while needing water now. Mm. I want to talk a little bit more about the 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 mariner or, or the the mariner mm-hmm. and his relationship with Helen and Enola. So I don't know if this is because of the many script rewrites the film had, but it's like the mariner he comes off like a dick, and it's like he's not even like a lovable dick. It's like it's like dang man, you ain't gotta be that rude to the kid. Like I get it, you you've been. You've been out here all on your lon- all on your lonely, and you you've been alone. But it's like you got a fine woman here, you got mm-hmm. a nice young kid that's behaved that just wants to play around with crayons. He, he he didn't really need to be that cruel. Yeah, the kid does mean well and everything like that. Like it's a little kid, and she finds this box of crayons that's in his kind of under the boat stash, and she you know, starts drawing on his bow because it's made earlier in the movie clear that she loves drawing. She has these vivid memories in her head of things from like a world of land that everybody kind of goes, Oh, what are you drawing now? I don't know something. (laughs) And it's like a horse or something like that. So it's, you can tell that she has some kind of like memory of a world of land, which is insane in this world where land is seen as a myth and she also happens to be the person with the tattoo on her back. So mm. it, already you can tell that she is from a world of land, which means that it does exist somewhere. Otherwise, she wouldn't have the ideas to draw these things in her head. And I like how they also kind of explain it as well with her background and everything for how she has the tattoo, how she you know has these memories and everything like that. But then you have Helen, who is just a random person in her life. It's not her mother. It's not somebody in her family. It's just somebody that was also on the atoll that saw the gift of this child and wanted to make sure that they were safe because they knew that the smokers, the pirates, basically everybody else in this world is after her because of this supposed map that's on her. Mm hmm. Yeah, I really like their dynamic. Um, <laughs> I, I'd say the one, the one part where I caught, where I looked at his sternness as as charming and funny was, um, it was after a surprise attack that they had where they 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 had just did a battle, and uh, he took he took uh, Enola. Uh, wait, no, Enola's the young girl. Yeah, but he took he took Helen and he he pinned her down and started cutting her hair. He was like, "You don't touch any of my things on my boat." And then Anola got smart with him, and you just cut two, and then both of their hair, both of their hair is short, like, it, like, like cut off. Yeah, she uh, says she said sorry. When somebody says sorry, you're supposed to respond to them, and his response to that is cutting off her hair as well. <laughs> yeah, like uh, obviously the man has uh, you know great communication tactics, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
he's a great hero for the story. Right, right. Um, yeah, but you know, I feel like some of it was charming. But again, it's it's a '90s movie, so I kind of had to take it with a grain of salt. Like, eh, that's kind of how the douchey anti-heroes were back then. Yeah, the, uh, the rugged, manly man. You know, not taking no sass from anybody, kind of person. Right, and you, you got the classic scene when they first get on the the Mariner, where she's like, uh, she's like, look, look, don't kill the kid. Uh, I can offer you something. You've you, you've been without a woman for a long time. She just takes the clothes off. And, you know, he just stands there. And he just goes, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot about that because it happens again when uh, she trades with the one person for the paper. And she's like, y- you can have uh, 30 minutes and everything like that. And it's like, I, I forgot about these scenes in this movie. I thought he was the one that said he could have 30 minutes. Like, oh, I, th- what? I thought yes. the Mariner was the one. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. The Mariner said you can have 30 minutes with her. Dude, uh, Kim Coates from Sons of Anarchy. I didn't expect to see him in this. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's one of those movies that has a pretty decent lineup of stars that you wouldn't expect to pop up. But you got to remember, mm-hmm. this is 95. This is when some of these actors were kind of just in the middle of their careers or just a starting point. So right, right. it doesn't seem as out of left field when you put it into that perspective. Dude, you know Jack Black was in this? Was he? Yeah. They said he played Smoker Plane Pilot. Uh, I, I don't remember seeing him, but apparently he was in this movie. Wait, the pilot at the beginning kind of battle or the one near the end that they took the plane from you know i'm not really sure but they they said jack black is in this it's a small role obviously but he he was in this movie i didn't recognize him in either of the roles it must have been from the starting one that's the one that would more look like him okay could be uh yeah a a nice lineup of stars in this one man for sure um Dude, I gotta say the the, the set design on here is great. It, it's a shame that this movie was such a commercial failure because a lot of money was poured into this, and the sets mm-hmm. were used very well. Like even with that final fight on the um on the oil rig, I, I I think that was an oil rig, right? Yeah, it was an oil rig. Yeah, like that whole setup was great, man. Like in the in the in the special effects and everything. Like this is a very well spent movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, for coming up with these kind of like boats and the way that they travel around in this world, it's done very well, especially when we get to see like other drifters and stuff. In the beginning, we get to see the atoll, which is the giant city that floats. Then we have like the different kind of boats, like the kind of I'm trying to think of like the best way to describe it, but the pirate's mast that's kind of everything's on the top end of it. So it's very, you know, high up and everything for where everybody stands on the boat. But that's the one where he gets caught off by surprise by the smokers who came and killed everybody. And they had them all like wired up. So they were like waving (laughs) and everything to him too. Yeah. uh, Terrific final battle. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. Uh, I, I I love the whole setup of it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this was a setup for a sequel, 
But just to touch on the ending a little bit, when they uh, when they finally find the dry land, mm-hmm. and you know the the mariner has a little bit of uh, back and talk, uh, you know, back and talk conversation with Enola a little bit, and then finally, the dude just builds a new ship and then just ships off while they wave him goodbye. I'm like, what? What? Well, you got to keep in mind, he's a mutant. He has gills. He has the webbed feet. So he feels more at home in the water. He feels more at home being a part of that world. Because keep in mind that he's been alone basically his entire life. And he wanted to get rid of these people immediately. He didn't want to take, you know, Helen and Nola originally. Then they have Gregory join them. And he's literally dragging this cavalcade of people with him that he's like, I don't I don't want to deal with any of this. I don't think this place is real. Can you please leave me alone? No, you promised to take us. Oh, my God. Please just let me go. He's the worst hero of all time. Right. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't change at all by the end of the movie. No. He's like, like, okay, so look, I know we hooked up. You know, you're a fine girl. Mm -hmm. But uh, deuces. Peace. I'm out. I I know I was your surrogate dad for a while, but, you know, you, you, you got your mom and you got this old guy here. I'm just going to dip, dip out. You also have the skeletons from your real parents. I think you're going to be fine. <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden, directed by Kevin Reynolds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of the movie. I was like, wow. Uh, that, was, that was brief. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, like, somber kind of moment where you're just like, oh, they're leaving. Oh, oh okay. That's over. I go. Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't give it, they didn't even give it room to breathe. It wasn't even like one of those classic scenes where she goes, uh, you know, we don't know his name, but Jack, Jack. And she runs after him mm-hmm. to the water. Don't leave. You have a family here. It was none of that. It was like, yeah. nah, I'm, I'm gone. It was just waves and roll the credits. <laughs> Kevin Costner's like, I got to go to my next movie. I'm sorry. I got to go. <laughs> my planet needs me. <laughs> right, right, right. Um. Yeah, man. Overall, this was a pretty solid first watch. I I, uh, I enjoyed it, man. I I I could see how this was um, how this regained life on the home video sales. I could see mm-hmm. how this was probably a hard sell in theaters. Uh, I would give this a three point five. Uh, yeah, it it, it's a solid three point five movie. It has some great set design. It has some great concepts and everything. The plot is pretty decent. Kevin Costner, David Hop or Dennis Hopper, it, mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic as the protagonist and the antagonist. There are some problems with the movie, obviously. Uh, it has some weird pacing going about it at times. Yeah. The kind of concepts of just floating around get old. The fact that we don't see the Mariner get any character growth whatsoever in this movie is kind of a downer that he doesn't change in the slightest because it's not even like he starts to warm up to them at all. The entire movie, he's just like, for the love of God, please just leave me alone. You you jumped on my boat and then you destroyed my boat. And now we <laughs> I had to bring you to land. Please leave I- me alone. <laughs> I think he misses the girl when she's gone. He's like, man, I missed that little, that little annoying girl. Yeah, maybe. 
Because <laughs> I like when Dennis Harper goes, uh, you want this little girl? She never shuts up. He goes, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. All right, man. So that'll that'll do it for Waterworld. Now let's get to the real main attraction here. Uh, <laughs> something we've been waiting 12 years for. Uh, Brad didn't think it was real until the moment the 21st Century Fox logo came up. And Even at that point, still- I figured that they might have just played the first movie and gone, I just hope people forgot about it enough that nobody notices. Even then, he just thought, this, this is a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't real. Nah, this All is right, just Brad. an extended trailer, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right, man, lead us off, man. Lead us off into the uh, the Pisaste Ristance. Okay, so... We finally have Avatar 2, The Way of Water, where it is taking place about a decade following the first movie, where we have Jake Sully is now a family man with Natiri, with three kids or two kids of their own, and Mm -hmm. a surrogate daughter that is from uh, Sigourney Weaver's character from the first movie, and then... I can't. The daughter is theirs as well, right? Or the little little girl? Yes. Yeah, so they got two sons. Yep. Uh, a daughter, a, a young daughter, and they have an adopted daughter. The adopt. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah. And they also have a. Uh, uh, I, I guess. I guess you could call him like an adopted nephew, a little bit, a human boy named Spider. Yes. So, following the events of the first movie, they have banished all men off of the planet except for a few of the scientists that were working on trying to better the world of Pandora. And in doing so, humanity leaves, but decides that they are going to come back. And they come back full force, ending up destroying everything and mining for new kind of expansions this time hoping to take over pandora to become a new earth because currently earth is dying so they need to find a new place to bring people so no longer the concept of we're gonna mine the minerals ship them to earth in order to better humanity now we're gonna just bring humanity to pandora and obviously this does not go well with you know the blue people and they are not very happy with this. So, of course, they're trying to stop them all means possible, which means that we need to bring back the main villain from the first movie uh, played by Stephen <laughs> Lang. <laughs> Listen, man, I thought that was very shrewd. I thought that was a great twist, man. Yeah, I, I wasn't I, expecting I, that when they kind of showed yeah. the uh, him waking up in like the Navi body and it was Stephen Lang's voice. I was like. Okay, I'm curious where this is going. And they played this whole sequence where they go, you now have the memories of my previous self and going through and finding out how I died and avenging me. But his goal throughout the movie is literally just going after Jake. So he could care less about the efforts to turn Pandora over or anything like that. (laughs) That's his whole mission statement in life. You yeah. were sincerely created just to hunt down Jake Sully. Right, yeah. Any questions? <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> That's it. I was listening, man. The moment he showed up, I was like, all right, I'm 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 locked in. Whatever. <laughs> he was a he was a great villain. I'm right. I'm glad that he's back. 
Yeah. So I like how they played that off. But following his return, Jake decides that his family is no longer safe living among the Navi of the trees. So they must leave. And in doing so, they decide to go to the islands of the Navi that live in the waters which is a completely different tribe that mainly focused on underwater travel and taking from the ocean instead of taking from the forest in order for their means of survival. And yeah, they're called the, uh, the Makaina Reef people. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I'm glad you have the notes on that one because I could not remember what they were called. Yeah, I, I listen, man, I, I got notes here. I know this is a lot of words that we can't pronounce. Right. We're going to try our best, bro. I, I will say that every time the movie like panned to a new place and it was like, we're now at... And I was just like, I'm not going to remember that whatsoever. Right, I just, just blacked out. Like, all right, just go ahead, man. Go. <laughs> Wherever you at. Go at on. New place. <laughs> we're, we're at new money that Fox Stewart, James Cameron. Right. That's where we're at. <laughs> So the movie then takes place in this kind of hunt for uh, Stephen Lang going after Jake Sully's character and trying to find him and his family to exact his revenge. While meanwhile, Jake Sully is just trying to create a new home for his family in this new place among these people that see him as outcasts. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, that's the clear synopsis in a nutshell, man. Yeah, dude, like I said, man, the one thing I love about James Cameron when it comes to his sequels, whether it be Aliens or Judgment Day, is that he 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 loves um, going for subversion. You know, mm-hmm. like you you don't expect to get this whole prologue of like, like you knew you knew kids were going to be involved. You know, we, we saw the teaser trailer. We saw some kids being involved, but you see the whole journey of them growing a family. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You see, you see peace on uh, with the Navi tribe for for a time. You know, like you you see you see Jake actually learning uh, how to be a father, how to be a husband. You know, in and redeeming himself in this Navi life from the life he had in his human life on Earth. And you know, you see that you see you see the family grow. You see the kids grow up with each other and you know love on each other and uh, grow into a family. And then you go straight to uh Quadrich and him coming into his self um as a kind of like a replica like we'll call him a replica navi mm-hmm. um and he's not really Quadrich but he has kind of like the soul of Quadrich a, a little bit like he, he he's made in Quadrich's image but not but isn't really Quadrich's right Quadrich yeah he basically says you know i might have his memories but i am a different person because it's later revealed that uh, spider was his son but at the same time he tells spider i'm not your father i have his memories i have his ambitions i have his goals but i am a different person yeah and you like how i like how this film like runs with the theme of sins of the parents Mm-hmm. You know, because um, their adopted daughter, um, uh, Kiri, is a from is is a is a Navi avatar from uh, Grace Augustine's uh, Navi avatar. You know, Sigourney Weaver's character. So all these people, like they have, they have trauma from their parents. You know, Grace was always so invested in Pandora to the point where it killed her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, you know, Jake 
Jake is always like like strong-willed, focusing on the target, but sometimes can't see the forest through the trees. And that, you know, that that passes on to his sons a little bit. You know, they're, they're hard-headed. You know, they're, they're always getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got Spider who, who loves these people, but, you know, can't wrestle, still trying to wrestle with the fact on how his dad was a bad man. You know what I mean? And now he has to actually live with a replica of him in order to stay alive and, and, and try to keep him off the scent of uh, Jake and his family. Right. So I, 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 I like how the trauma passes on to the kids in this movie. It, yeah, it's very much a family story instead of a story of Pocahontas, kind of. Though, yeah, this movie does have a lot of like heavy-handed. Oh, look at we're doing to the environment. Stop doing bad things to the environment. Uh, it it even goes as far as you know harpooning whales. It's like, look, this is bad. These are smart creatures. You shouldn't do this. And it's like, I get it, movie. I get it. I don't I don't think the preaching was that hard in this one. Not in this one. Not as like hard was- as Avatar, the first one. Yeah. But it was still there. There was still that preachiness. Like when the ships are coming down for the first time and they're burning the forest and you're seeing it all ha- beautifully shot by the way i absolutely mm-hmm. love the cg and the animation that they have behind oh, yeah. this yeah, it, absolutely I, I think we should just get it out of the way the movie looks gorgeous throughout there isn't a single drop in this movie where it you are going oh that's cg it, it, the entire time you're like so how did they find the navi to play in this movie and how did they train them to act <laughs> right right absolutely like so so you saw it in Dolby, and I saw, you saw it in Dolby, right? Yes. Okay, I saw it in 3D. And, dude, man, let me tell you something, man. This is what 3D should feel like. You know, last film I saw in 3D was Aquaman, and that was pretty beautiful. It, it, that was pretty beautiful. But I feel like this took me back 12 years ago when I saw Avatar in 3D with my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, like, there will be moments where they're underwater, you just see the little fishes in certain parts of the screen or they're in the, and they're in the, the forest and you see like the little bugs and it's like it just the money is well spent on this movie man you're right it looks so gorgeous i remember telling you it wasn't fair that they showed a trailer for this movie before wakanda forever right yeah it was it was not fair because i was like you know this movie is gonna blow underwater cinematography out of the window yeah, or it, out of it, the water. It, right. It, you had the pun right there, and you decided, no, I'm not going to take that path. <laughs> I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> you, you were still too, like, engulfed in the thought of, look at how beautiful this water looks. I mean, listen, man, the name of this episode, it's so much water. <laughs> and listen, the film delivered on it, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way of water has no beginning or no end. Whatever the hell that means. Everything is water. All things right. are water. The beginning, the end, around you. But I, right. And I just love how when they visit that tribe, the reef, the reef tribe, uh, I like how it kind of like it it um it recalls the first avatar in in the best ways. Like um when um ah, what's his name? When when Quadric has to like uh connect with his rider he has to connect his tail to his rider Mm -hmm. and initially he's about to tranquilize it and his son spider starts laughing he says well you know there are navi kids younger than me that do it with their bare hands 
and I like how they start to gain a relationship. He's like, all right, kid, you know, game on. Yeah. And uh, he's, <laughs> he wrestles with the thing, and then he falls off the cliff. And then I like how they cut from that, and then they cut back later, and they go, yeah, he might be a goner. Let's just leave. Yeah, let, let's go back. <laughs> right, and then he pops, he flies up out of nowhere like, yeah, who's boss? Who's mm-hmm. boss? And he has his tail connected to the thing. I thought that was a very charming moment. Uh, cut to, you know, uh, Jake Sully and his kids. They're learning how to basically swim underwater and breathe underwater with the tribe because they have to treat them like kids. They're like, well, look, you're not from this tribe. If, if you're going to live with us and be in hiding, you you got to be one of us. Mm-hmm. So I love the scenes of them learning how to connect to their, um, you know, the, the, the creatures their culture. that they ride. Yeah, their culture, the creatures that they ride in the water, how to travel in the water and everything. Like, I just loved it. It, it was it was recalling the best things about the first film. And uh, yeah, yeah, just 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 taking it to a new effect. Yeah. And I also like the subtle differences between the different kind of Navi, because we see with the Reef clan, their tails are more kind of like flipper like where they're able to propel themselves through the water. Uh, They have bigger arms in order to be able to swim and kind of bring through or break through kind of steads of water and everything like that. So there is a difference between the forest Navi and the reef Navi. And it makes you kind of go, what other groups of Navi are there on this planet that have adapted to different environments? Like, are there like mountainous kind of tribes that have gotten used to like snow or ones that have gotten used to like Rocky mountain kind of terrain. So it's an interesting concept that I'm hoping that they kind of bring back a little bit in other movies. And Mm -hmm. I really liked that where they even kind of point out the subtle differences, like by mocking the Navi tribe for uh, Jake's family by going, what their tails, they'll never be able to swim with that. And their arms, they're so dangly and weak. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. I love how they adapt to that society because it it cuts into how Jake adapted to the Navi. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it, it, it recalls the first film in, in, in its own, uh, you know, beautiful way. Um, what, what else was I going to say? I was going to say Natiri. I don't think Natiri was given much to work with in this film. We don't we see like she's on screen, but I don't feel like her character is as strong in this one as she was in, in the first film. No, she's very a tiger mom in this movie where everything's about protecting her kids protect you know where are my kids i gotta protect my kids let's go protect our kids that's basically all her lines hey you know where the kids are yeah where are the kids (laughs) yeah i feel like i feel like she's not giving as much death here as she was in the first film and this one she's just like oh she's mom she's just mom yeah I I will say before they like leave the original tribe in order to protect their family and everything, the line from the trailer plays and the whole, you know, this family is everything. And all I could think is, oh, he said the thing from the trailer. (laughs) All right. I said, dude, as soon as it started, I turned straight to my wife. I said, this is the scene. This is the scene. This is it. This is the scene. We can leave after this. We saw it. This is is the line I always say to you every time (laughs) this trailer comes on. Um, Yeah, man. 
uh, yeah, when that when that scene finally happened, I was like, all right, awesome. Uh, we finally got that out the way. We finally uh, did it. <laughs> dude, did Nicole Kidman show up on yours? Uh, yeah, that one played. I can't believe it. The moment they told me put my 3D glasses on, I said, wait a minute, no Nicole Kidman? Because I know that they didn't film her in 3D. Yeah. But no, <laughs> sure enough. What Nicole if they Kidman did, though? <laughs> what if for this special showing, they reshot it all in 3D? That would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. Or if they had an underwater theater, an underwater AMC theater, and all the little Navi kids were mm-hmm. flying up in the theater. He says, uh, here, I see you. I see. <laughs> Matt, that one line is basically the same as the Fast and Furious's, uh, is everything's family. <laughs> I see you. Family. Right, right, right. And it's funny because I just I pre-gamed the first film right before we went to the movies and saw it. So like the I see you part, I remember, um, you know, at the end of the movie, uh, two characters say I see you to each other. And uh, Brad is like, uh, hey, I just finished the movie on my way home to record. I'm like, all right, brother, I see you. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think was hilarious because it played in my car because I was driving at the time where it was like, okay, I see you. (laughs) Oh, so. (laughs) So it was the robotic voice in my car just saying it. Oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, Before we get to the final battle, I ain't going to lie, man. This film, I, I like that. Cameron keeps you engaged with the film through, um, I want to say, through character and, and through the action a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as the sons, as they kind of learn what to do and what not to do, you got the younger son who is a little bit more of a wild card and the older brother who was who a wild card but really just protects him a lot mm-hmm. and, you know, just tries to keep him out of trouble. Uh, but it's like, yeah, man, I don't know if this justifies three hours. I don't know if this needed to be that long. Yeah, I don't think it needed. Well, I'll first off say it doesn't feel like a three hour movie. It, it Most of the time, no. It pretty well paced. I would say a good 90% of the movie is very well paced. But there's a couple scenes that basically just feel like repeats of prior scenes where it's like, don't do this. I already told you. Like, I'm sure that there's a solid like 20 minutes that you could cut from this movie of just Jake Sully going, what have I told you kids before about causing trouble? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, you got the, you got the bully kids. You got the, uh, the, the, the chief of the reef people's son going, yeah, you know, uh, they got tails and they can't swim like us. You guys are weird. Yeah. I'm like, haven't we already rehashed this? Yeah. And then, you know, the youngest son comes again, to uh apologize for hitting them or whatever and um you know they go uh hey you want to come swim with us you be a real man and they set him up i'm like okay all this could have been condensed in one scene Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah Yeah. them coming up to uh sigourney weaver's daughter and are you a freak you're just looking at the sand are you some kind of freak it's like, really? I get it. You're trying to show that these kids are, you know, being douchebags. And, you know, yeah. yeah. And it's like, uh, OK, I get it. They don't like them. 
okay, can we move on? Can we do something different? Uh, I will say I did laugh at the scene where he's like, you see this extra finger on my hand? It's real cool. I can do this thing. So first I ball my fingers up in or I uh, roll my fingers up into a ball and that and just wails him. And it was just like, oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty funny. I saw that coming before it even happened. Oh, I saw it coming, too. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be so satisfying to watch. Yeah. But as the film goes on, I like um, I like the kind of power, the kind of strength that each of the characters have as uh, as we build on to the uh, final action sequence, which I thought was very well done, man. Mm-hmm. Like the final action sequence is so well set up and so well paced. Um, you, you get echoes of the final fight from the first film, but it's just it's it's on water instead of on air this time around. It's just it's so great. I, I love the way they do it. Like, yeah. Um, I, Go ahead. Yeah, it's the way that they incorporated the military kind of tactics that, uh, you know, Quidditch has uh, Mm -hmm. against kind of Jake's now combination of using the water and using his old tactics and everything like that. You have Natiri with the bow and arrow, kind of her signature move and everything going through. It's it's done very well where everybody gets very good time to shine. Uh, even the little girl does her part in getting captured five times during the entire sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. I love how she goes, I can't believe I'm handcuffed again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ter- terrific, terrific uh, execution of that whole sequence, man, because I, I just love how, when you compare it to the fight scenes above ground in the first film where, you know, they uh, the, the people would fly on their you know, on their um, on I'm going to say their bird thingies. I don't know. I forgot what they were called. <laughs> and like we just throw the arrows at the soldiers in the, in the plane compared to the soldiers on the ship and, uh, you know, them just coming out the water and throwing sticks on them. I was like, man, that's just that's genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of makes me wonder how they're going to uh, shoot fight scenes in Avatar 3 um but we're getting ahead of ourselves dude i love this wasn't even a gory shot but i love how pg-13 gory it was when the um the one whale thing it had it had like the uh, anchor the guy's the arm <laughs> yes that was such a great shot dude man that was a clean cut too that was just a was. straight <laughs> it, it, the blood didn't even have time to come out it was just, right whoosh it's just you see his arm drifting off further away from him as he's flying through the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will yeah. say I did love uh, Jermaine Clemens' character, the marine biologist, where who is the scientist on the whaling ship. Uh, especially mm-hmm. one of his lines when they're kind of showing what they do with the whale, where they like drill into its brain to get a little bit of liquid that happens to be like a de aging serum. And the rest of the whale is useless to them. So they just toss it kind of, you know, doing that whole preachy. Look, we're killing the environment. We're only taking a little piece of it and everything else is going to. It's like, I I get it. Okay, just move on movie. But his line where he kind of is being told, you know, Mr. Scientist, this, you know, liquid gold here is what's funding your research. And his line back is just, and that's why I have a drinking problem. (laughs) Right, right, right. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 like I thought he was cool in the movie. I um, I I know when I saw him, I knew you would get excited. I was like, oh, that's oh, Brad's yeah. boy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought he I thought he was pretty good in the movie. I like I like his his banter. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man, that final uh, that final battle was pretty good, man. I I liked it, and uh, the death of the older son. I knew somebody had to die. I I honestly thought it was gonna be Jake. But um, as soon as they turn- introduced him having four kids, I was like, one of these is going to be a bullet sponge in this movie. There's no way they introduced four kids so none of them could die. <laughs> if everybody got away from this unscathed, I would have been like, OK. Yeah. So basically, like, because it just it just it, it would not have followed the rule. I, I'm all for breaking rules, but it just would not have followed staying true to like okay the stakes are raised this time mm-hmm. the stakes need to be raised um so when the older son died i was kind of like thrown back like oh okay um because i honestly thought it was going to be jake uh or i was going to think okay natiri doesn't have that many scenes in this movie or she's always worried about the kids mm-hmm. something might happen with her we're, we're trying to protect one of the kids but when it turned out to be the older brother it uh that really hit me man i, I was shocked by that yeah the entire time basically i was like somebody's gonna die and the people that i knew were gonna be safe were gonna be spider and then uh sigourney weaver's daughter i I, the entire time it was like okay these are the two that i can guarantee are gonna be safe because spider is getting a lot of growth having like learning more about the human side of him and his father Mm -hmm. and everything like that also having been with navi for so long he's his world as well so he's gonna have a very interesting viewpoint come the third movie they're not gonna throw him away and then with uh sigourney weaver's daughter uh i'm sorry i can't remember what sigourney weaver's character's name was in the first Uh, movie kiri uh uh uh, grace grace yeah uh but yeah for kiri with her having like that uh better temperament in or better kind of contact with the motherland of pandora it was like okay she's gonna stick around she's gonna become like a main focus in one of the future movies i guarantee it mm-hmm yeah so that's a good scene a very intense scene which i thought was pretty good uh was the scene where um you know natiri has had enough now this is where i think she comes off very strong it's a little too late in the game but um i like how she 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 just goes straight up ham mm-hmm. like mitchell's in the machines uh uh kamikaze mom <laughs> Uh, on the on the on the, on the ship, just killing everybody to the point where Spider starts to hide a little bit. Like I don't know, if she might kill me and might mistake me for a human. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I think um, that at that point he's like, uh, I've been with these people. She no longer. She never really saw Spider as one of them. She always saw Spider as an outcast or what was it? The lost cat of yeah. the Navi. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, if like, go on. No, I was gonna say. Uh, even Jake says in the beginning, like she always looked at Spider as one of them, or like you know, not really like not one of the Navi, but one of the humans, the Sky People, mm-hmm. as they call them. Yeah, the Sky People. So yeah, if she would have seen Spider at any point during her rampage, he'd be dead instantly. And I think he realized that. She never really cared for him at all. 
and kind of mm-hmm. always looked down on him. So when she was in pure anger mode because her son had died, he knew that he needed to stay away from her by all means. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think. I think no. I think there was some compassion there, but it, it, it was towards the point where it was like I, I just lost my real son, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, th- this hurts. So there was that one scene where it's that it's that great standoff between um, uh, Quadrich and and her, where Quadrich has um, their adopted daughter, uh, like 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 he's about to that he's about to kill her. And, um, you know, uh, Nateri has spider and uh, she go because he's he's t- he's saying to Jake, like, you know, put yourself in handcuffs. You know, I'm going to uh, you you're you are going to it's your life for your kids. You know, uh, and then uh, she goes, uh, if you kill her, I'll kill spider. And, you know, I, I, I truly thought she was about to do it. Oh, like, yeah. You know, she gave him a cut and then she raised the knife like she was really about to do it. And then, you know, uh, Quadrants, because, you know, even though this guy's a replica, he has a soft spot for Spider. He goes, he says, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Um, yeah, I feel if I'm Spider, you, you can't really come back from that. I, I look at you differently. Oh, yeah. This person that's always seen me as an outcast and never really liked me has now threatened my life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and I get it. You, you've already lost enough lives. So you, you're desperate at this point. But I. I, I thought I was gang game, man. I'm I'm walking around half naked with y'all, man. I'm not I'm I'm not down with the crew by now. I put on stripes and everything. Right, I got all this stuff thrown on me. And I'm not I'm not Tarzan at this point. Right. Uh yeah, man, but I, I love that scene where, where Jake is walking off with his family, you know, spider included, and Quatrus is like, I'm coming for you, Jake. And when I find you, I'm going to kill you and your entire family. And I love how Jake just stops and goes, no, let's no, let's end this it, now. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's time to end this. <laughs> right. Knife v. Knife battle. Right. They just get in an epic fight. Um, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. It, it, it definitely has a very final climax kind of feel to it, especially since they're on a giant tanker that is Mm -hmm. slowly sinking and while it's sinking it's also flipping around upside down and it's a pretty climactic finish for it uh very tense in some of the scenes and everything yeah it is but i hate how they do all this and then it, 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 it it's a great scene it's a great setup and i love how no i don't love but in the end when uh, it looks like Jake has like a uh, you know killed Quadrix, but really just put him in a sleeper hold. Spider goes and saves his dad. Um, the younger brother comes to save Jake, and you know uh, uh, what's her name? Nateri is with her youngest child, and uh, you know um, Grace uh, Grace's daughter Carrie is working her magic with the underwater elements and everything. But it's just like so. You're bringing this guy back, and he's gonna be the villain all over again. Yeah, like it's like it's like the ending of a superhero movie. Like, <laughs> I'm not dead. I'll be back later. I was like, ah. 
but because I it, liked how he yeah go ahead it, I I do like how with the final climax how we're shown like you know Jake and his son are dying you have Natiri and her daughter dying you have Spider and his father like barely making it above water and then you have Kiri who's just underwater having the time of her life with her new friends that light up <laughs> right 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 uh yeah Kiri just had it made this whole time man she yeah was just chilling while the whole battle was happening like uh, I'll catch up with y'all later you guys have fun little- with that I'm gonna go play with my new friends I'll send these little white things to you because I misunderstood to come save you last minute right yeah to- yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so, you know, when it when it's all said and done, I, I liked I liked the little epilogue. I like how um, Jake and uh, Natiri have that moment where they're by the, uh, I believe, what was the tree underwater or was it on ground? Uh, it was the underwater source of all life. The underwater source of all life, where they have that moment where they reflect on. When um their 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 oldest son was growing up, and like like uh, showing the years of him growing up and showing him how to hunt and everything, and they have that moment of peace in the end, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, then there's more like before that with Spider and uh, Quadrich, where Quadrich was like, like all right, son, let's get out of here. And you know, Spider does the whole yeah, and he just jumps in yeah. the water. <laughs> just nah, I'm not coming back with you. <laughs> But uh, I like how that leads that leaves uh, a seed of doubt for the future because he, he he's definitely conflicted now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you know? had this bonding experience with his father, which is somebody that he had only heard of stories about as this terrible person. Then he got to see him for real, both be that terrible person, but be a very compassionate person and very kind of kind person to him personally. Because he also sees how he his father is when he's looking for Jake and, you know, he's burning down villages and he's killing people mindlessly and causing all this mayhem just to try and get Jake out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I really feel like this film does improve over the original film. Uh, Like I said, camera just never fails at sequels. I mm-hmm. believe he brought something original and fresh here while uh paying homage to the original. Uh a little just a little just too long, man. Too long, excessive runtime. But I do believe great action as always, great set piecing and everything. I give this off first watch uh, a four out of five. Uh yeah, I can agree with that. It, it's somewhere between a four and a four point five. But somewhere, it, somewhere there, it's definitely leaning closer to the four in my head with that one. But it, the set pieces, like you said, are absolutely beautiful. It's a little bit long, but for being a long movie, it does have some really good pacing. It, it just has a lot of repeat moments that probably could have been cut and brought this down to maybe two hours, 50 minutes or so. Yeah, this the ending climax is great. A lot of the battles in between are great. The world building is on another level because that's one thing that shined in the first avatar movie was the world building. And that just continues in this movie. Pat for Pat. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I probably will see it again in Dolby, like maybe Dolby 3d. Cause there were some scenes that I did miss. And I love how when James Cameron is asked about that, he says, dude, 
you can go to the bathroom and miss some scenes. Just come back and see it a second time. And, right. <laughs> and see, see what you missed. Like, I need to make this money back. Right. Come back and see it a second time. But what is it? This movie needs to break $2 billion in the box office just to uh, That's hit, crazy. Uh, just to break even. <laughs> I think that's, that's what it crazy. was. Wow. That's crazy. Do you think it's going to make its money? Um, in theaters, I, mm, no, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't see as big of a rush for this one as Avatar, but at the same time, when you think of Avatar, it, that movie had a very lackluster opening weekend. It was people getting word of mouth after that opening weekend that pulled it up and it kind of had this weird like curve where it like rose in popularity as it was in theaters longer. So we might kind of see that with way of the water where after people see it and they go, no, you got to go see this. It'll probably bring people into the theater for it. $2 billion though. Mm, No, I don't don't know. It's been 12 years and people have been waiting and I don't know. I we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, clear. I mean, clear winner here, man. We got the way of water. I mean, it's just it's just clear win. Uh, I mean, is it water, though? You know, I, I wrestled with it for a while, but I just gotta say, dude, <laughs> Waterworld was great, but way of the water. Uh, I I I gotta go with that, man. I got I get the slight edge to camera. Just a slight edge. <laughs> uh, you know what? If you're kind of like. It's the better water movie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's it's so much water. It has the most water. It has the so, most water. Well, no, well, technically Waterworld has more water because we actually see land in way of water. But water takes up most of the runtime. That's true. If we're counting minute by minute, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got <laughs> All right. All right. We got a short, short after show today. Um. I want to bring up with you the death of Superman or well, Henry Cavill Superman. Yes. Yeah. With uh, James Gunn taking over their clearing house. Basically, I think we kind of mentioned it a little bit before that almost everything that was in post-production was on the chopping block. Uh, Now it's literally everything that's not in post-production has been cut off completely. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder where we're coming. I wonder where we're going from here. Uh, James Gunn is very creative. Uh, I, I like I, I trust the other person, too, that's running it with them. We'll see where this goes. But, uh, man, I, I, I'm going to miss Henry Cavill as Superman. I liked him as Superman. Yeah, he was a great Superman. But where they're trying to go with it, I can see where he might not fit. But Henry Cavill will still be a part of the DC universe in some regard. Uh, apparently him and James Gunn like had a talk and everything, and he wants him back for a different role. And James Gunn has said that he had they basically have a roadmap almost finalized for what they want to do with the DC universe going forward that he's going to talk about next year most likely during like san diego comic-con they'll make their like announcements of everything that's going to come in the future okay all right well we'll see what happens look y'all thank y'all so much for joining us for this episode we had this one planned for a long time uh we hope you enjoy it uh please like share and subscribe please always remember to drink water 
<laughs> and uh yeah and tell man, us what you, you know, thought of these movies tell us what you thought tell us what you think really wins you know we gave the edge to cameron but we we we, we can see how some people out there will be like nah man Waterworld tops it yeah <laughs> uh let us know what you think man and uh continue to watch movies and uh take care